Welcome to another episode of Trade Up with TJ, talking all things health, wealth, business and lifestyle for tradies. Today I got the guest on, Teg McMaster from Indrain Solutions. Welcome bro, how are Yo, you? Yo, what's going on? Feeling good, feeling ready. Ready to go? What is it, podcast number two for you? Number two, yeah, yeah. Start to make this my identity. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see it, get the story out there. So we're going to run today, we're going to go over a bit of Teague's story, a bit of his background, how he started. And probably his childhood as well as how he was brought up. So, get it. So, when was Indrain Solutions founded, Teague? Uh, so, we founded in Feb nine, uh, 2020. Yep. Um, and right at the peak of pandemic, right at the start of the pandemic, sorry. Um, and we blossomed throughout the peak of it, like most trades. Yep. Um, so, we're beneficial in a hard, hard time for most. Um, but it was, it was one of the most unsteady times to, to launch into business. We, we, I, um, I turned 110% towards business because there was nothing else to do. Yep. Yep. All um, of us did. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, like most and all just, there was everything, every, as everything was shutting down, everyone was so uncertain. There was so much, um, so much uncertain time, but the only thing you could leave the house for was for work. Or to go to the supermarket and I didn't yeah. like shopping. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went to work um, more often than not. Maybe trades got the best of the the best of the powers that were controlling at the moment to be able to leave the house. Yeah. Um, being a plumber, every job was an, an emergency job. So <laughs> had to uh, go, like was able to keep sneaking out of the house and getting out. And so many people were at home thinking about what they could potentially work on, do. Um, everyone had spare time, so that was, um, I suppose, good for business. Um, and yeah, we just had the ability to, we had the ability to leave. So that's just what I took advantage of. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice working through those times as well? I probably a bit the same as you. That's all we had. So like getting stuck in that trade as well of being that workaholic and not knowing anything else at the time. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was definitely that. Definitely sent me. Or started the 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 path of, of what put me into that workaholic uh, kind of mindset, and it was um, it was the catalyst, I suppose, for setting up unhealthy habits yep. around work. Boundaries were non-existent. There was no like, there was nothing to do on the weekend. Like I think I worked seven days a week. And this is not like jerking my chain. There was honestly just nothing else to do. Like you couldn't go do anything else. So it was just seven days a week for um, as as long as as long as it was eighteen months or in and out of lockdowns and the whole like. However, not to get into that side of things, but yeah, just it was it was it was a massive catalyst. And unfortunately, um, well, not unfortunately. I suppose it's I don't regret being in that mindset. Because it's put the, myself and the business in a in a position where we had rapid growth. Yep. Yep. But um, it's been hard to adjust, get out of, move, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? I suppose change that mindset. Yep. That it's, it's it catapulted me into yeah. Yep. Yeah. So saying that, like looking at it as well, like. Obviously, to what you have created and been very successful in its time, winding it back to your early ages, were you always wanting what you want today? Like, have you always wanted to earn the million dollars, have the million dollar business, 
has that always been your mindset or have you just sort of over those years created that and wanted that success? Uh, so I remember talking about seven figures in my early, early 20s. I reckon I was 20. Yep. Um, might have even possibly been in my late teens. But um, I was lucky to have an older group of friends. Uh, I never really quite fit in with my age group um, through through multiple different reasons uh, and starting a trade at a younger age like yourself you are just injected into that older mature I wouldn't say mature sometimes some mature friends but like you you're injected into that um, game and you have to learn it quickly otherwise you know you are uh, teased picked on whatever you're the young kid yeah. um, who doesn't know much but yeah, I was, I was lucky to have some good, I suppose, um, role models that I could really look up to. And I remember sitting uh, with one of my mates uh, next to a computer and he first introduced me to side hustles. And he said, you need to own things. And he's just like, you need to, you need to, to buy something that you can then trade that service instead of your time for the service. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's what developed me into the person I'm today because we were sitting there looking up pressure washers. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We studied and we're like, I'm going to wash the whole of the main street of Benalla and the council's going to pay me this much and I'm going to do it for this square meter. And I suppose that's where the, like, the actual dollars and cents and, and money, my money journey kind of started. Yeah. And then it was, it became a very rapid obsession from there yeah um i would say a healthy obsession yeah some may argue it all depends on your money story and the way that you see it yeah but i definitely had what i i believe i have a healthy relationship with yeah and that's where i really kind of developed more that business hunger money hunger mindset yeah from just understanding seeing the potential of dollar figures having absolutely no idea about overheads, tax, yeah. costs associated with business. That's just where I saw the numbers stack and then that's where I knew I, that's, that, that's the path I wanted to take. I wanted to take, uh, I wanted to make my own money and I wanted to receive that and um, be the one to then distribute that to whatever it needs, go to tax, wages, whatever. But that's the sending the total, total invoice dollar figures that's that's where like that obsessional or hunger or drive kind of developed yeah so in saying that the side hustle thing was there any little side hustles you had when you were younger i remember so my mum's a baker yeah so uh both my mothers are a baker so my family uh so my dad's mum split when i was when i was young yeah uh good split and then um both remarried early so i was lucky enough to have two Families, two father figures, yep. um, two mother figures. It was like, I thank my lucky stars for that. Yeah. Um, I love them both to death. Both sides so different and I get full of, I take full advantage of that. Like I've, I've learned so much from both both sides. Yep. Um, and I remember mum was baking some slices and I can't remember, I think I got the idea off my brother. He was selling them and I started selling them <laughs> yeah. for... Oh, back then, I think it was like two, five. I can't remember, but yeah. like it was 
good corn. Yeah, yeah it was good corn for when you got no overheads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mum's and paying uh, for the ingredients. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're, you're coming home with all this cash. And she's just like, I'm thinking taking four or five slices to to school a day. And she's just like, geez, that slice went quickly. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it's good as yeah. yeah. Coming home with a pocket full of coins. <laughs> but other than that, no, I actually, I actually didn't have an actual job. Yep. Where I was paid into my bank account. I think I mowed lawns, uh, which my stepfather got me that role. And I used to love it because it was like always on a Saturday or a Sunday. The old fellow whose house it was, he lived on about eight acres. He'd come and pick me up. And he was like sweet as old dude. And I'd do anything from like split wood to put the earphones in and just ride around on his ride on yeah. around his whole block. And it, it used to be the sickest. I think I had like eight or nine songs on there. I think like first of the year by Skrillex, I listened to about eight billion times, like a bit of Cube, just yeah. the whole show. Yeah. And like like the same nine songs on repeat and yeah. I like mow his lawn for like five, six hours. And I just used to like froth it. I used yeah. to love it. Yeah. Getting down and dirty was always something I like, you know, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Like Working use, hard. Yeah. Using my hands, being physical. Yeah. That was something I always really loved. So I suppose that, that role of like, you know, finishing, like would be like, Obviously, extreme fire days, we did, we weren't doing it. But, yeah, like on a hot day, you know, 25, 26 yep. in the sun. Um, and you, you sweat and you're covered in, like, dust and shit. Yeah. You just, it's just, I don't know, you just get that, I don't know, it's that sense of achievement. Yeah. Or that sense of, like, accomplishment. Yeah. Whether it be on a, you know, a major, minor scale, turn around, I don't know, like, every male would attest to this. Like, <laughs> you turn around, look at some cut grass, and you're like, fuck, yeah, that is, <laughs> looks that good. is fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of what you look like, how you are, yeah. your nose is blocked up, you know, you've got grass in your eyes, you can't see, but all you can see is just this perfectly fucking level grass, and you're just like, yeah, nice. Nice, yeah. Can't so, beat it, yeah. But, um, and then that was all cash. Yeah. Which was obviously beautiful. Um, and then I pretty much rolled straight into an apprenticeship after that. Yeah. And that was in plumbing as well? Yeah. So yep. I've only ever done plumbing. Yeah. Uh, or cutting lawns and plumbing. And I, I think I, my famous saying is like, if, if all else fails tomorrow, I'll just go back fucking cutting lawns. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You stick to what you know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 100%. Much, yeah, work, work to your strengths. That's what I say. Go down to cash converters, get myself a little push mower and I'm off like You're a rocket. But um, yeah, that's... And then, yeah, so I transitioned straight into that. I did a school-based. Uh, yep. I wanted to leave in year 10. And I was right around the time where, like, leaving school was at – it was not quite fully frowned upon, but you were still, like – I'm from a smaller country town, so, like, it's – everyone knows each other. If your kids like, kind of left school – Yeah. And my mum was a hairdresser, so, she, like, God bless her. Like, she only had the best set out for me, but she yep. says to this day, she's like, the worst thing I ever did was make you do another year of schooling. Yeah. It was it's just crazy, a waste. Yeah. And – um, yeah, so I was right on that teetering point where like leaving school was a bit of a, was a little bit frowned upon. Yeah. Um, but, and then my, I, like, I was going to start the apprenticeship with my stepfather and he being married to my mother had made the final ruling and said, no, you finished in year 11 because I'm not having a bloke that works for me, not know how to write. And it didn't work because I didn't listen to a thing and I still yeah. made every spelling mistake on the timesheets and everything, but he accepted that and yeah so i so i did a school base throughout that last year of year, year 11 didn't yep. apply myself which i definitely regret to this day not as far as getting marks or anything go yep. just yep. as 
as far as um, setting a stepping so- stone for myself of a certain level that is acceptable. Yeah. So it kind of it makes me cringe that I wasn't willing to apply myself, um, and that I would have like I've let myself down in that manner. But once again. It's it's led me to, to, to the point I am, so yep. I can't be too devastated. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then, yeah, so I rolled straight from year 11. The last day was on a Thursday or Friday or whatever and started work that Monday. Yeah, so straight into it. Straight into it. I think it was like November something. Uh, it might have even been December, actually. I was wrong. And we did a roof and it was, it was out at Tabernick, which is like between Wayne Gratter and... Banella on a hill. It was forty-two degrees every day, and that was my first introduction. So we welcome, welcome to the plumbing world of roofing. We from <laughs> it was going from like aluminium tile sheeting to tin, and there was python skins in the roof and all kinds of hectic shit. Shit, yeah. And I loved every second of it. Yeah, that's I cut good. my hand open. Um, went and got stitches the whole nine yards, but yeah. I was addicted from there. Yeah, that's cool. So saying that, like, I think it all comes from all of us. Like, the oh, most tradies that are successful, I believe, have left school at that early age. Like, I left school at year nine, um, which was probably frowned upon when I did. Um, but, like, and not applying yourself. I even look back now and, like, everyone says how good school holidays were. And, I, like, every school holidays I'd be the same as you. I'd be out working. Like, school holidays are coming. All I wanted to do was work. Like, and so going through those, and you've done well to put yourself through those next couple of years after more than I did, but I just didn't want to be there. But then you look back and I'm the same probably now, like not applying yourself, not really giving a shit. When it comes to did. the paperwork side. Yeah, like, yeah just not caring. That, like, uh, like that mentality, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Of, yeah, you just don't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be sitting in front of the computer. I want to be out fucking doing what I do best. Like, and that's the, that's the part where I say, I like, I wish I was in more in love with or I wish yeah. I was better at. Yeah. Um, was like applying myself when the time comes. Yeah. So many times where I'll be sitting in front of the computer just staring at it. Yeah. And, you know, I waste an hour being <laughs> procrast- uh, during pro- procrastination when I could be obviously as productive as, productive as possible. And Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, everyone comes with their flaws. But yeah. <laughs> it is. That's that. That's what I struggle with. The hard, That's the hardest part for me is yeah. applying myself when it's not quite as entertaining or exciting yeah it's not it's, and it's not something you're driving yourself to it's like we get you know, get forced upon us in a way like so you don't you don't yeah. feel like you want to be there because it's not something you thrive in it's not you as a business owner and i understand everyone goes oh just hire a bookkeeper or hire this or hire that and yeah it's it's easier said than done um but yeah that's as a business owner there's things that you have to apply yourself at that you may not absolutely love yeah um and until you find that perfect mix of of um, business ownership and being on the tools, then you won't be able to, um, you just kind of got to grit your teeth and deal with it. Yeah. So in saying that, do you reckon bringing up and being brought up, on, I sort of believe as well, sort of I was in a little country town, do you reckon that's probably gave you a lot of resilience as well in a way to be able to, growing up in the country town uh, compared to the city, I would nearly say, like it makes you work harder and want to be successful, you reckon, as well? Yeah, I believe it was extremely beneficial. You have um, you have less opportunity. Yeah. Um, you have less opportunity. You have more competition. 
I know, I know people are going to be like, oh, yeah, but the city's like heaps more people. But, yeah, but, like, there's, there's on, as far as the scale goes, there's more per capita for the opportunities that are, um, that are presented themselves. So, yeah, it does give you resilience, uh, the ability to handle, I uh, wouldn't say rejection, but, like, so maybe someone saying no yeah. or a missed opportunity. So, yeah. I, I think I think the country, personally, is um, a much better place to be, to develop those those attributes or skills. Yeah, yeah. So, now in saying that, obviously, starting your plumbing apprenticeship straight out of school, did you stick through the four years and get with your stepdad or how did that finished, go? I finished uh, three or four months early, I think. Yeah. He... I got home one day and he just had the paper on the desk. He's like, sign this, you're done. Yeah. Um, it was, I think I was 20. Yeah, I would have been 20. And he, we lived together at that time. And the poor fella had no break from me and my trash that I was going through as a young man. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, where motivation skills weren't as high when you're in your last years of your apprenticeship and you think your shit doesn't stink, yep. you know absolutely everything. Yeah. You've passed your journeyman's, you're, you're sweet as, oh, sweet as if plumbing shit's easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, he, he's an absolute trooper to put up with the, the trash I was, I was putting out um, yep. as long as he did and he stuck to his word. He put me through an apprenticeship and I'm forever grateful to, uh, to him to this day for the position he's put me in. Yeah. He's so, so, so proud of me and he expresses it. He doesn't say those words often, but when he does, yeah, you know yeah. that you've ticked that little box. Yeah, it's 100%. It's a beautiful thing that we can share now and hindsight's, a, you know, hindsight's a, the most, one of the most valuable things as you get through your later years. But, yeah, it was, it was a tough four years for the both of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe me more so dealing with my... Uh, I suppose anger issues, frustrations as a young man, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we we cut it, cut it only a couple of months short. Yeah. Uh, he stuck to his word, put me right through, and that's when I moved into a bit of a little bit of subby work, and then got a job with another plumbing company in Benalla. Yeah. I was only there for about nine or ten months, and about the nine month mark is when the pressure washer light bulb. Really, on. really hit, and um, ideas were flowing. Moved into that for about six months, worked for myself again. Yep. Just kind of figuring things out, figuring out business, understanding. Kind of started making my first bit of money. By a bit of money, I mean like you know I might have made ten grand in a couple of months <laughs> with no overheads when you're living at home that's yep. pretty sweet yeah 100 yeah, paying back 130 car loan and no no gst that's handy so <laughs> yeah. i was moving through life all i was moving through life pretty sweet yeah yeah and um and then i got to motivation levels were just like at an all-time low yeah i was just struggling a little bit uh, i had like personal problems and stuff i was yep. dealing with so i um, I hit the runaway tactic. Yep. Packed all my shit, moved to Melbourne. Um, saw there was a career or a, a future in pipe relining. Yep. 
Um, so I got a job with a company down here. Yeah. And um, yeah, just hit the runaway button. Yeah. So within saying that, obviously doing the pressure washing, did you still try to do that when once you come to Melbourne or just sort of gave nah, that and left it all? Yeah, so I had the machine still in my possession, yep. uh, ownership, and the company that I was working with hired, was dry hiring that equipment off me. So yep. hiring my, I was still driving my car and using my equipment. Yeah. Um, and they were just dry hiring it off me. So the business, like as far as TV Master Plumbing, when it was still turning over an income to yep. pay for that equipment because it was equipment finance. Um, and those, like those bills are still getting paid while I was working for that company. Yeah. So it was still beneficial in those those regards and I still maintained the ownership of that equipment Yep. right up until I um, left that company and then I maintained the ownership of that same pressure washer, clear and drains for oh, six to nine months, I suppose. Yep. yep. Before getting something um, specific for what I, what my professional requirements were. Yep. So that bit of machinery has a, Holds near and dear to my heart. Yeah, hundred percent. Have to frame it and put it up in the it next. It's the worst way. It's the worst <laughs> way to enter the market. Now, yeah. Now, like once again, hindsight. Yeah. Um, but I did it hard with that machine, and it's forever breaking down. It was belt driven. If anyone knows anything about pressure washers, it's <laughs> belt driven. Um, hot wash with only like forty two hundred psi, like nineteen liters a minute. Which when that com- when it comes to clearing a drain, that you'd be lucky to clear some ninety mil with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was forever breaking down the belts. It had belt squeal. It would always move on the skid and yeah, yeah it was just a, it was a nightmare machine. We had a love-hate relationship and more hate than love, I'd say. But like I said, it was, just, it was an entry level into the market. Yeah. Um, gave me the ability to have, be multifaceted, um, in like we, we could do roof washing and roof restoration work it's, it's multiple different things and yeah it's i've got a lot of resentment for that machine but a lot of love because <laughs> it got you to where it's got you. yeah so wind it back a little bit just like you're saying you, you said a few times in there that you had like a couple challenges couple failures come up once you sort of did finish your plumbing apprenticeship do you mind diving into a few of those or what they were um as far as business goes or personal personal probably in a way like how did that create the growth to probably make you want to run away as well at the at the time, I didn't. I, this is all. Once again, this is all hindsight. Yeah. Stuff I've learned um, through my personal development journey and and figuring out, I suppose, why I did the things I did and why I behaved in the way I behaved. Yeah. Um, but there was just I was getting ex- a lot of external pressure. Once again, I, I I suppose I had quite a large ego, and self belief that I maybe. I think it all came from like I wasn't living up to my potential. Going yep. back to school and stuff, like I always, it's the stock standard things that the teachers say, like T can, T can do it, he just doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose there was like frustration from that, uh, knowing that I had potential and not living up to it or yep. and not, not like living it out. And once again, just from understanding this from, from hindsight and past, past mistakes, there was just so many multifaceted things, like just as far from 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 my football to um, you know relationships to uh, friendships, the whole the whole thing, just like yep. having more potential than than what I produced. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose it 
you know, it makes me cringe almost to this day, just like mistakes that I've made or things that I did or things that I've done, um, which have once again have shaped me into the man I am today. Yeah. Um, and I've never changed my past. Yeah. But yeah, just understanding and figuring out those things. But as far as deep diving goes, I don't want to put anything on the spot. But no, that's all right. I definitely struggle with, I suppose, from from all of that, I suppose I struggle with like some mental health. Yeah, yeah. Um, being a young man and dealing with those things, I was taught. You grow up and you with a grown up. You, I know you've grown up in a similar household where it's yeah. Yeah, you know, you keep it to yourself and you deal with those emotions. Yeah, um, behind closed in, doors, nearly. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't want to show them off, do you? Yeah. Like? So, and then yep. not knowing how to deal with those emotions in private. Yeah. Just uh, ended up festering and bo- boiling out in silly behaviors and, and little boy energy and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, which then resulted in more, which it was ultimately counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you just withdraw from the situation. That's the best thing. Well, that's what you think at the time, isn't it? You just don't want to face any of the problems. And obviously exactly. now going through the journey you've gone exactly. through, that's been realized. Yeah. You know, like, ultimately bang, ran away. Yeah. Um, problems followed me. Yeah. And all well, like, the personal problems followed me and yeah, it was just straight back down. You never can get away from them fully, is it? Like, unless you're fully disconnect, but like, yeah, growing and same thing as me, like growing up in that sort of young, small environment as well of that country little town, like everyone knows what Teague's been doing on the weekend. Everyone knows. Oh, when your mum's a hairdresser. Yeah. 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 Mum knew what I was doing on Friday, on Saturday. Yeah. I was just like, one of the girls has told her mum and yeah. your mate's mum's told him and yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. It makes it hard sometimes. You're someone like, down the street saw you, someone driving was like, oh, your son was here, here, here and here. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. He's yeah. up to nobody good again. You weren't getting away with anything. <laughs> no, 100%. And you thought you were slick as too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No one's ass. watching me. No one can see what I'm up no to. No one knows who I am. Yeah, 100%. But um, yeah, that's definitely, sorry, I lost my train of thought. No, yeah. that's all right. No, that's good. So, yeah, so saying that, like, then to where you were, so you come back, you're in the city, started plumbing again or draining solutions sort of. Yeah. And then did that just – did you just get sick of working for someone to create what you've created today or did you just see the hole in the market probably once you started getting into that market of the real I had a very, 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 very good, like, introduction to the whole multifaceted side of drainage. Um, and pipe relining and repair and that helped catapult me uh, I suppose into my into that mindset of of learning and redeveloped my hunger for like I said those dollars and cents that I was talking about prior yeah um, yeah that really helped flick that switch in my brain again that right fucking if you want to if you want to make make something of yourself you, you're up, like I was at the crossroad. Yeah, yeah. I was at the crossroad. Like I want to make something of myself. I really need to um, change. For one, I need to change my behaviours. Yeah. Two, I need to understand business better. And three, I need to come up with a business plan. So that's where I suppose all the the little things started firing and ticking. And um, there was that. Oh, you like once again ego. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go out on my own. I'm just going to go out on my own. And then fast forward a couple of months and I 
tore my meniscus. So I full bucket handle, teared that. Uh, I can't remember. I think I stretched or fucking strained or did something to the ligaments surrounding it. Yeah. And I needed to have emergency surgery. Otherwise, it was going to uh, forge itself in that position. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, and that was about a three-week process leading up, like going and seeing surgeons, getting quotes and stuff and all the all the horrible things that surgeons tell you like that. Yeah. Mate, surgeons are the most negative. Yeah, they're just if, telling you. If you're how already in a negative mindset, don't have surgery because yeah. it is it is a, a hell of a negative place to be. Yeah. Um, they just tell you everything that can go wrong. Yeah. Instead of everything that, that fucking will go right. Yeah. Um, I understand they're just covering, like dotting the I's across the T's, but yeah, it's just all you're hearing is... You'll never walk in. It'll be. It'll, it could be numb. We couldn't hit this nerve in the back of your knee, and then you know, and you have to amputate your leg and all this shit. And you're just like, yeah, right. Yeah. right and then right. you think the worst in the situation yeah. as well. Like, so what happens when I got one leg and I'm hopping around? The gas on you, trying to knock you out, and all you can think of is, oh, I'm gonna die. Um, but yeah, it came out of that. I think they lop, they lopped off like 55 percent of my right meniscus and stitched a little bit of it back together um, in hopes that it would heal. Yeah. And I think the procedure I had, the recovery was pretty lengthy. Yeah. Um, and it probably took, definitely took, they said, they estimated nine months. Yeah. Um, until like full, like until some sort of like a normal lifestyle would then be, be lived again. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to run and, and do that kind of stuff. And it was definitely, I prolonged that. Probably went back to work, like I was telling you before, like after about six months. Yeah. Uh, forcefully. So after I had that surgery, I took all of my obviously sick leave, holidays, everything that I had banked up. And then I it was only, it was about three weeks after. So I stopped work about three weeks after. I finally had the surgery and then the, you know, it started from there, the time. Yeah. And it was such an unsteady time for me. Um, first time I've ever been alone. Yeah. Like sat at home by myself all day, every day and kind of existed. Yeah. First time I really got to sit in my own headspace, really. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, it was a pretty, pretty fucking rough place to be for a while yeah um i was so 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 blessed i had um uh, some like some really close friends around me at that time that were there for me um not that i was kind of accepting it but yeah it was just a it was a wild recovery process um i missed out on the footy trip to bali so i had the surgery on the day or the day after the boys flew out yeah so and they so seconds and seniors won the flag that year. Oh, and you've done <laughs> so it. So yeah, it was pretty brutal watching that um, and not being part of it. Yeah, and I suppose that started a pretty deep spiral down from there. And I didn't turn to to substance abuse or anything like that. I just kind of wallowed in it. Really? Yeah. Just I wouldn't say wallowed in it, but I just like I. I understood the feelings that I was having yeah um for the first time ever I was actually like showing that or experiencing that emotion and accepting it understanding it because I had the time to process it yeah yeah you weren't just trying to fill fill the void with something else yeah to be able to just actually say, 
push it away. <laughs> push back a couple couple of months before I actually had the surgery was the first time I actually went and saw a therapist. Yep. Um, so I knew I knew I needed to make a change. I knew there was something that I needed to speak about. Yeah. Because I couldn't do it with any of my close friends or family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I suppose the the, tr- the the trigger was already pulled. Like yep. I was already starting to think in a more open with a more open mindset and not just playing the blame game and why is this happening to me? Why am I so? Why why is everything against me? Um. So, yeah, that's probably a big thing that I've got to mention. But, yeah, so I went to a therapist. Yep. And then the months leading up to seeing them, I probably got three or four sessions in. Yep. Um, did my knee and then unfortunately couldn't afford to, to go and see them because it was pretty exy. Yeah, yep. Um, and – but the trigger had already been pulled. Like my, my thought patterns had already kind of been shifting in that way. Yep. And, yeah, so I had that – probably three to four months period of being just at home depleted myself as far as like savings had gone yeah um you know tax returns all that money that you kind of get at that young age is was gone yeah um borrowed money off friends and family which to this day like pains me um Like destroys, destroys yeah. Just me. like that'd be especially you. Like, and you keep saying your ego. Like oh, that would even that thought of probably asking to not be able to help yourself, but you obviously had to lean on others in that time because you're in that sort of dark and hard spot. You had no choice. I was yeah. Like I said, I was blessed to have the people around me that I did. Yeah. Um, I actually had quite a big tiffy with my parents because I asked a friend. Well, actually, I didn't even ask him. He offered, and yeah. I think that's the only reason I accepted. It, he offered. And like I still to this day struggle with asking for help. Yeah, it's one of my biggest flaws. But he um, he offered and so generous, and he covered I think two or three months rent, um, even more before I started before I even asked my parents for money. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was just to this day I think I yeah I'm just so thankful to have that um, that person in my life and. Then yeah, once again, then started borrowing the money of my parents. Yep. But it was a, it was almost the pity that was really the worst for me. Yeah. It wasn't the actual fact of like borrowing the money, and I was like, I know my mum just loves me, but she's like ringing me on the day, like, hey, do you need some money for food? Do you need? Yeah. Like, and that, that it's just, just the motherly figure oh, still caring just, for you, and you're just like, fuck, let me deal with this, mum. I've got to work this shit out myself. I know, <laughs> but just admitting to being like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need something like just was, was ego dissolving yeah. and just triggering and every fucking thing that it could be for like a twenty-two-year-old male. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. moved out of home. Thinks he's doing pretty good. Pretty good. And then you've moved into the big smoke, into the city, got and away from your problems <laughs> and your problems. As you said, they've just followed you. Like you can't, as we've said, you can't withdraw from something. Something's always going to come up to probably give you a learning curve to put you back in your box nearly, isn't it? Like that's what it probably yeah, was absolutely. in a way. But you've done pretty well as well. So so you'd say like even like going through your journey, you've always had that emotional intelligence probably in the back of your mind as well, haven't you? Like it's always probably been there. Yeah, like I said, like, I had the potential for more. Yeah. Just never really kind of tapped into it. And yep. um cut long story short, so yeah, it was going through that that went returned back to work and and then that's where um Indrain kind of blossomed. Well, yep. I, was, I was back in the office for a bit. 
uh, me and one of the the directors weren't really getting along through once again through ego. Yeah. Um, mostly, I was I thought I was better than what I was, and yeah, unfortunately, that relationship had to end. Yeah. Uh, that employment had to end. Um, and I was cast back out onto my own, and I suppose that's where I learnt. Jeez, what were we just talking about? Where so going back, obviously having the knee injury, you're saying, and then you're having to end your employment at your current, and then that's where Indrain sort of blossomed and. Now come you through. you just said something that I wanted to touch on. You said. So obviously coming through, you finished your done your knee, come through, you've had to have that, set, uh, what's the word? Oh, the setbacks. The setbacks yep. to bring you forward to what you are now. But obviously noticing what's coming up and being emotionally intelligent to be able to... Emotionally intelligent. Yeah, yeah to handle those things. You've always noticed that they've yeah, so been... Like you've had that, as you said, you've had that potential, but it's till you sparked it. Yeah, so um, this is what I want to say. So yeah, I was at my lowest I've ever been ever so i was like i was just wallowing in it just before the memories even like yeah the memories of, of like like i said well i just said just like asking my or like my mum asking me do you need money for food like to me that was just like it gives me the worst flashbacks right now <laughs> but like just like soul crushing yeah and when you've got all these big ideas i want to be an entrepreneur i want to be this i want to be that i want to make good money when you're 22 and you're asking your mum hey can i get some fucking money so i can go and eat like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty soul crushing. But I had to get to that point. I am forever grateful that that, experience, that, that thing happened to me. And yep. that I, it put me at that position because I would never, ever, ever be the man I am today without um, getting to that point. And it's a story I don't really, like a lot of, realistically only my close friends know of. Yep. Um, it's not a story that I share often. Once again, like it's a, it's a rough flashback for me. So yeah, yeah. It's not something I just go, oh, yeah, I had a knee surgery and, yeah, and then I started my business. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's, just, it's just easy for me to brush over like that. But if I never got to that, to the bottom, yeah. then I would never know what the climb would be like. Yeah. I'll never have benefits from the climb. So I just want us to basically just let everyone know if, you, if there is a point where you're feeling like it's rock bottom or you're feeling like you're low and there's, there's no way out, um, that's when you need to look inwards yeah and see if you need to make this the shift and then the best thing that you can do is just under just begin to understand your own emotions and from that you'll develop emotional intelligence yeah and you'll start to benefit from the things that are happening around you to you for you yeah instead of wallowing in those things yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, ha and as you've even touched on a few times, like having that gratitude too, like and being grateful for things as well gets you a long way as well. Like, and Oh, that was that was one of the biggest shifts for me yeah. was was um, developing gratitude and um, also being proud. Yeah. Like understanding that, yes, you've made mistakes or, yes, there's things that aren't quite perfect and there's things that you can do better but not not living on them, not, not, yeah. letting, not letting that become your identity. Yeah. Like, oh, I should have done better here. Like yep. that's that's just a form of understanding that there's room for improvement, but that should develop motivation, hunger, as opposed to it developing frustration, anger, and depression. Do you know yep. what I mean? Yep. So you want to you want to look at the things that happen around you, for you, to you, yep. as 
like either motivation, room for improvement. Um, those like as in you want to you want to be touching on that side of of understanding as opposed to the understanding of like why is this happening to me? Why does that need to happen? Can't why sh- that doesn't happen to that person? Yep. My friend didn't have it that way. Like so, I suppose that's where like having being gracious and understanding that all problems are a lesson. Yeah. And whether you understand that in the moment or whether you understand that past tense, it is everything that you are experiencing at whatever point in your life is a lesson. Yeah. And that it's up to you to learn from it. And if you have that, I suppose, understanding of, of these things that are coming at you, it changes your mindset in the way that you process that information. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and then do you believe like obviously in going on that side as well, like investing in yourself's probably been a big part of that journey as well. Like, or did you else just do it all yourself when you're sort of going through those times of like? Obviously, you said like seeing a therapist helps, but did you just sort of work on it yourself and try find yourself? Yeah, like that just become a big part of who you want to be. Yeah, I think it stunted a lot of my growth. Yeah. So I that once again that was an egotistical move. I, yep. I, I didn't understand ego until very, very, very recently. Yep. Um, so I was uh, using a lot of masculine energy and I was acting a lot from my ego. Yep. So um, that decision to do it on my own was, like I said, like I still don't ask for help. Where yeah, I yeah, yeah. And um, I was still not asking for help. I was still making decisions based off that ego, like, I can do it, I should figure this out. Yeah. And it stunt, probably stunts my growth for a long yeah. time. But probably taught you a lot as well, like, Show me way. what I'm capable yeah. of. Yeah. 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 Um, it did teach me yeah. a hell of a lot, but, yeah, it definitely was the harder road to take, which is not always the worst, yeah. um, you know, the worst case. Um, but, yeah, I definitely, I definitely make a lot of decisions. I made a lot of decisions through that era of my life through ego and yeah. through not asking for help and not, or not willing to ask for help. And, yeah, I think that stunted stunted a lot. But yeah. once again, I don't, I don't regret it in the slightest. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. So, and then obviously getting over the knee injury, going through that process and then starting in Drain Solutions, were you – so you just started – Straight off the bat, once you no, have to finish so that, terminate that other employment. No, so I went yep. back to plumbing. Yep. Um, you go back to once when you when you the chips are against you and you kind of you know you go back to your roots. Yep. yep. I was definitely not as experienced or knowledgeable in pipe relining. Yep. Then, so I went straight back to my roots, uh, straight back to plumbing. I remember I messaged a bloke I used to sub you to. Um, shout outs to Benny. And he said, yeah, I'm putting a septic in in Lilydale or something. And I was like, yeah, mint. I still was, I think I still had a bandage on my knee or I can't remember. I still had like compression bandages or something on there. And um, <laughs> he had me on a chainsaw trencher. If, you, if anyone's ever laid septics, so you lay a dripper line. And I was on this chainsaw with a um, trench auger on the front, yeah. the chain one. And I ran about 750 metres of trench at 200 mil deep with a chainsaw auger on a hill in February, which if you've ever been around that area, it's still, it's dry enough, but 
I think we'd had rain or were having rain or something, I can't remember, and um, slipping all over the place. I was covered in mud. <laughs> um, my knee was killing me. And yeah. yeah Just had was, to work through it. <laughs> yeah, that was like... That, w- that day I developed some serious mental toughness. Yeah. Yeah, something that I hadn't experienced in a while. Like I hadn't put, in, put my body through any sort of training yeah. or anything. So, and that was really a time when I developed some serious mental toughness. And I suppose that's where a lot of, hung- I was hungry. I was like, right, fucking, I'm, I'm you know, I've just, uh, it's me now. I'm, I'm the one paying the bills. So, yeah. therefore, that's where, uh, once again, that's probably a point of ego but i definitely needed to develop that side of it and that mental toughness and yeah a lot of it developed that day yeah that's for sure yeah and realizing like you got no choice you either got to put in the work or just sit back and relax like yeah 100 yeah you realize like the power of yourself to put yourself first too as you probably noticed that day of like this oh, is for me yeah like yeah that that's what i mean so yeah i was developing that i suppose the penny was dropping like yep. I was realizing, right, right, now is the day that everything changes. Yeah. Because I can sit here and I can go down two roads, right? I can sit here and complain and be like, yep. oh, I don't know if I can really do this. My knee's sore. Why don't you do this? I'll do that and take the easier task or roll or whatever it was. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm quite proud of that. Well, actually, it wasn't even a day. I think it was multiple days, but I'm quite proud of it. Um, and what I put myself through. And, yeah, it was, you know, definitely not beneficial to the injury. Uh, definitely prolonged it. Um, and I think it went from, you know, a nine-month recovery time. It, yeah, I wouldn't say it was fully recovered for at least 18 months or so. Yeah, crazy. So you're putting it to work then straight away. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> yeah. really, it really didn't, um, it really didn't benefit it whatsoever. But. Yeah. That was the that was what was called for at the time. That's yep. what was needed, and regardless of the condition my body was in, it was irrelevant. Like I, I needed to, I needed to create an income. Yeah. Um, and there was work being offered to me, and that's where I, you know, made that decision where I was like, well, I'm just going to accept what what comes to me, and hopefully that's beneficial to me in the long run. And yep. ultimately, you know, it's it's been a successful road. Yeah, and I to this day remember that I will remember that day for the rest of my life. I think yeah. Yeah, just the, the the mental decisions, the shift, the thought processes, the patterns. I I remember being on that hill with this chainsaw. I had arm pump because if the chain if it hits a tree or anything, it can kick up and knock the top of your head off. I remember like arm pump, knee like left arm pump, right knee sore, <laughs> back killing me. Yeah, because I used to deadlift like a moron at when I was a kid, once again, ego. And um, so now I've got like wake up every morning like with a back problem like every other 27-year-old male. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just remember it. I remember the pain. I could literally point to you exactly where I was having pains. I remember the thought patterns and the processes and I just fucking strictly remember saying, no one gives a fuck, no one gives a fuck, no one gives a fuck. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, fucking come the end of the day at five o'clock, I remember getting in the car and just having the biggest I was fucked but I just remember having the biggest smile on my face and, and being proud of, of the effort that I just put in yeah that's cool to, and be proud of yourself too it's fucking hard for us all to do but like, so you're powerful in doing that bro congrats let's pause there honey thanks <laughs> <laughs> 
and we're back. We just had to have a quick piss break. It was all both busting. Keep the so, up. Yeah, that's it. Too hydrated. Drink some water. That's <laughs> yeah. what that is. Drink Stay hydrated. Yeah, drink some water. <laughs> nah. So, Teague, I just realised then, obviously, like me passing that congratulations onto you as well. Obviously, you probably had in the back of your head that you had to go to piss. But um, <laughs> it's hard scary. for us as males to probably accept congratulations from other males because that's probably still a bit of ego driven as well, isn't it? Do you believe? Hundred percent. Yeah, I think um, just when you said it, then I didn't, um, I didn't want to express anything. Once again, it's the runaway tactic. I just show I'm like, and instead of expressing <laughs> my my gratitude or understanding what the compliment that you're giving me, I need a piece. So I'm just gonna fucking say like run away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is it is hard, and I suppose, I suppose that's where a lot of, um my current frustrations lie is understanding gratitude. So now that I've, I've done some hard work and I'm getting to the point now where I can actually reap the benefits of that hard work and feel like I've, I don't want to say accomplished anything because um, I don't think you've ever, you know, you, you're never finished. Yeah, yep, 100%. The point where you can start to actually feel that emotion um but yeah it's definitely it's definitely still an extremely hard thing to process as a man and accepting it from peers i suppose people that you really look up to and respect like you're in a yeah. cir- your inner circle when you really hear it from them it's a it's extremely hard to emotion to navigate yeah 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 it's an ego it comes down to we're all ego driven aren't we in a way like when you sort of say it's hard to accept and be proud, but like being proud of yourself is one thing, but accepting it, like as, as you said, like it's hard when we're brought up so tough love as well, probably. Like it's like when your dad says, oh, fuck, I love you. And you're like, does he? Like he just bluffed that off. Like what's, what's going on? He's here, all right? <laughs> I, had, I had the most funny parallel. Like I said before, I had the two, two father figures. Yeah. And my father, Wayne, he would, um, he would say, I love you at the end of... Once again, we didn't see each other as much. So Andrew yeah. was in my life uh, predominantly every day and I only got to see my dad, especially when I started working very rarely. Yeah. Um, you know, only once, twice a year. Yeah. Um, and he had a beautiful understanding of that. He, he knows that I've got my own life to live and things going on. And I thank him to this day that nothing changes. I may not see him for six months and nothing changes. Yeah. He is the yeah. – he just – he's – always there to um to just listen to whatever i've got going on yeah and he's a very stone-faced emotionless man <laughs> yeah but i know deep down he's he's proud of me and he's happy with the position i'm in and yeah um he he was actually the, he's actually the one being the stone-faced killer that he is um is the one that always expressed uh verbal yeah because he didn't get to show it physically i suppose yeah because we weren't around as much and they were they owned the pub in yay when we were in banala so we only got to go there on school holidays and yep. stuff like that so he wasn't so he was more uh verbally expressive yeah whereas andrew got to show me in um acts of service yeah so um i was lucky to have both in yep. my life once again from different people but it is it is a hard thing to to process. Even when he used to say it, you get that odd, um, I don't want to say tingle down is fine, but you yeah. just get that odd little 
feeling like deep down in your gut where you kind of a bit unsure on the process. And how to accept it. How yeah. to accept it, yeah. Because yeah. if it's not something you're saturated with, I suppose, as a kid, it's not something you really learn to master. Yeah, that's probably something I've been brought up with as well. And, like, even once I got with my partner now, Jamie, like, her family, they always say, oh, I love you at the end of every conversation. <laughs> I remember when I first, like, started going out with her and they were all saying it. And I'm like, this is weird, man. I've never heard this word in my life said so much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, like your, it's your relationship with the yeah, word too yeah, 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 yeah 100% yeah and no, I was just tough love like unless I did something real good I wouldn't get pat on the back like if I played footy shit I got told I played footy shit like, <laughs> like I was getting ripped on and like even yeah. I I think I've said in one of my podcasts before like um, with my 24 hour run I did my dad was the last person to say like he saw the work I was putting in but he was the last person to congratulate me before I did the event but it's the it's the one that and means I was the like most, yeah. yeah and yeah, I was yeah, like yeah, yeah. and then when he said it I was like whoa like he fucking means it like yeah so it's hard for but then it was still hard for me to accept because I was like fuck if he's proud of me like am I doing this for the right reasons but like, do you, you have know? a do you have an understanding of like oversaturation too? yeah yeah you can overuse it yeah. so easy like it's a word it becomes cliche if you overuse it but it's like anything. It's like when people say, like, fucking, oh, sometimes I hate it. <laughs> when, like, you just ask someone how they are and they're like, yeah, good. And you're like, well, that's fucking a bit cliche. Like, that's overused. Like, so when people say they're good, you're like, well, what are they? Like, they don't know. Like, it's just. Well, it's a, usually the opposite. Yeah, it's opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's overusing the word too much to be able to say what you are. Like, so yeah, it's fucking, and it's hard to understand of like, how to accept the love as well for us, mm. is, especially when you haven't been shown it. Like, and everyone loves everyone's love language is obviously different as well. Um, and where they've, it's just the way you've brought up completely to what I believe. Yeah, absolutely, I think. Um, I think those really early um, things that you there's some of the earliest behaviors that you learn, like yep. love languages. And the way that your parents give you give love, and yeah. your family gives love, yeah. So they're like some of the earliest things that you learn. So it it's not it's not like surprising that they're one of the hardest things to learn or master or change yeah. if you're getting a different kind of um, expression of that love. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think um, I think you can oversaturate. Yeah. And lose meaning in yeah. certain things, and. But that's not to say that you sh shouldn't say it at all. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. But yeah, I know, I've I've got the same same thing. Like my, um, my like I said, my stepfather, I owe him I owe him a lot uh, for what he's put me through. Yep. And the the conditioning that he did to teach me to be the man that I am. Yep. Um, and he once again was one of the last last people. To, to say that I'm proud of you. Yeah. He showed me and he did everything, but that's that's the one that meant the most. Yeah. And I don't think I was, I don't, he knew when I was ready to hear it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, Much like, like your dad, he yeah. knew, he's like, right, he's ready to hear this. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, uh, I, I'm sure that you, when you just said that your dad was one of the last ones to say it, I reckon he was biting his, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, to say yeah. this is when he needs a bit more motivation or something. Like, yeah. He probably understands but the power he possesses. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Those He understands the power of those words. Yeah. I, so when, you know, when 
it's kind of like a thing that I hate when everyone goes, oh yeah, but they were brought up in a different generation, so they yeah. just don't understand. Yeah. Trust me, they know. Yeah, they they, they know. understand because they yeah. never heard it from their parents. Yeah. So you can't say, like you can't be frustrated when your dad's not saying it to you because you know he understands the power that that word possesses yeah. and he understands the, the, the power of overusing it. Um, no different to like, if I hear I love you from my mum, it's... How do I say this without like making it sound <laughs> silly? But like, it, like I under, I know she loves me, yeah, unconditionally, yeah. But when she says it, it doesn't have the same power or, or yeah, cause meaning, she, yeah, because it's overused, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, same thing with like what probably what your dad's experiencing with that power, the power dynamic of that word, and he knows the pos- what it possesses, yeah, and he knows what it possesses for you because he he understands he changed your nappies, like he yeah. he understands you. I don't know if he changed many. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I let some bombs go. Um, but he understands you in the most, um, in the probably the probably more ways than anyone else does. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I think, yes, it's like it'd be nice to hear it more, but at the yeah. same time, when you do hear it, you, you it was approval. You're ready. Yeah. You have done the work. You're ready to hear this. That's yeah. and then that's when you really can sit in it feel it and then you actually can be proud yeah of that yeah and then i like i said i only heard it recently and he verbally expressed it once again he doesn't verbally express things well yeah and he was able to verbally express it and we it was one of the like that was what i sought after the most yeah yeah do you know what i mean um that was the thing that actually made me feel like i had done the work and i am in a certain position yeah, it's, it's kind of like that tick of approval. Yeah, that you know that you've been working for your whole life. Like, and no, not your whole life. There's obviously other things that drive it, but you just know it's there. You're like, fuck, like, I'm yeah. doing these people that mean the most to me so proud. Well, that's, like, yeah, it's easy to, yeah, fuck, it's easy to have material things and like buy stuff for yourself. But yeah. it, it means more to make the people who have invested in you proud. Yeah. Because that's all like, all pr- proud of the person you are becoming, um, what you can do for them. That's the kind of stuff that actually is valuable in life. Yeah. Uh, material possessions and, and um, ego lifting fucking activities are <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the be all and end all. No, 100%. You know, flying first class to somewhere or catching a plane every other month to wherever on a holiday yeah. is not the stuff that actually is going to fill your cup up. Yeah. Like making the people around you um, happy and proud. That's, yeah. that's ultimately what's, that's the way that you repay that investment that they've made. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's powerful, man. So, obviously, that, that's just covering a little topic, obviously, <laughs> what we dived into there of you sitting in the car being fucking proud of yourself. Like, Yeah. So, after you'd, like, done that, did you just keep plumbing for a while then while the knee got better or? Yep. yep. Yeah. So, um, fast forward a couple of months and we went into, like, the code red stuff. Yeah. Um, and I went back to Benalla. Yeah. They were in code. Th- my uh, address was still there. Um. So I was able to, you know, go back and forth between the Ring of Steel, whatever the fuck it was called, shit show, um, and which gave me the ability to be a bit freer because they were only in Code Three or yeah, yeah. It was a it was a weird weird time in life, um, and it was the same. It was the same activities, it was the same stuff. You were just all you're doing was working. Yeah, um, and I knew I had a client base there. Like I had, yeah. I knew people. Um, and which gave me the ability to create some capital. Yep. Um, like do I did quite a bit of work there. I was 
living back there for maybe four months or so. And it was really beneficial as far as like startup capital yep. was concerned. Um, and, you know, I was still paying rent here and popping down here every now and then. And I was probably maybe only doing one or two relines a month. Yeah. Nothing major. Um, and I landed my first uh, kind of contract with Northeast Water yep. in Benalla doing their reactive relining work. Um, just from being around back in town, available, calling them until they fucking answered. Yep. Just persistence. Mm. And... Um, once again, that you know, ha once ha helped build capital, started to allow me to buy more reline equipment and gear. Yep, yep. Always knew it's something I wanted to go back into because I enjoyed the difficulty and the problem solving and the attention to detail and probably all the things that I was lacking. Yeah. Didn't didn't quite. Well, the stuff I knew I had the potential for. Yep. But was never achieving. Yep. I enjoyed that part of the actual of the task that was relining and um, fast forward a little bit, comes to summer, we kind of start coming out of lockdown and that kind of stuff, come back. And in January, January 21, I moved 100% of my focus into Indrain Solutions, open Indrain Solutions. Yep. And what was it? November, December kind of activity. And then January opened it up and removed plumbing altogether yep. and went straight into pipe relining full-time, clearing drains, camera inspections, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's where it sort of boomed from there. Yeah. And it was just, a, yeah, it's been extremely steady growth. Yep. Um, from the business model that we adopted and how beneficial um, it was. Yep. Once again, like from all the, I suppose, learnings that I've made over the last x amount of years and what i figured out and also what i learned on the job how i figured it out i made the mistakes i made in business have cost me <laughs> ridiculous countless sums of money um and it's just that mind mindset of like understanding that those mistakes are learning curves yep and not being attached to the like the dollars and cents that come and go from that yep yep yeah, 100%. And obviously, like, I know your background a little bit. Obviously, like, you sort of probably overworked when you first started in, in Drain. Oh, um, yeah. That story of you being on the roof working, nearly freaking passing out. <laughs> and yeah, that, that was get, still plumbing. Yeah, so yeah, that was still yeah. plumbing in that time. So that was December. Yeah. Um, so that was when Indrain was, when I was pushing Indrain. Well, I, I think that the bigger issue was, like, I knew what I was, wanted to move into. Yeah. And I think I was just trying to get the workload that I had already accepted done yeah and it was leading into christmas it was summer um and i was on a roof i think it was the 24th christmas eve can't remember how hot it was but in Benalla it gets fucking hot yeah and yep. i was f putting on chimney flashings or something and i just started getting real dizzy i was like fuck um i'll just finish this flashing off and i'll be gone i think i was i was riveting it off and, and um Sealing up with some coon, and I like got off the roof, did the old fucking turn around, looked at the roof, being like, fuck yeah, and then um, got in the car, drove home. So I had a bit of a headache, and then 
uh, like all small country towns, everyone goes to the local pub on Christmas Eve. And I didn't go. I was just like, oh, saying to mum, oh, fuck, I can't fuck go. I feel pretty crook. Um, I don't really want to. And she's like, no, no, go, go, go. And then she's like, oh, oh. So I went down there. I think I had one beer, maybe even two, and then left. I yeah. drove there, drove back. And then woke up Christmas and I was just, I was in a world of hurt. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it was like a bit nauseous and stuff, headachy. Um, fast forward a couple of days and sorry, I've got my dates mixed up. That was the 23rd. Yeah. And then the 24th, I got my puppy, my dog, Leo. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went and picked him up and that's the day I started getting headaches. So the day off. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was getting, getting the headaches at work and then feeling a bit crook. And then the next day I started feeling a bit off, but I was excited to go and pick the dog up. Then it was Christmas Eve. Yeah. So I went down, had a quick beer, back home, looked after the dog. And yeah, the, I was just start, kept feeling a bit crook again, a bit crook again. Christmas Day rolled around and I was just like almost to a point where like I was um, not, f- not quite fainting, but like dizzy spells, all the, all that like, just like heavier kind of, not, not, not just feeling crook. Yeah, like yeah. I knew something serious was happening. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't like, oh, I've got a cold or I've got like I'm a bit run down. I was like fully, and then that was COVID times. Yeah. So fucking yeah, like mum's like, COVID yeah, I'm something. like fucking, yeah. I've got COVID. So I'm not talking to anyone, not going anywhere. Mum comes back from their holiday house and they're just like, oh, I'll take you to the hospital. So they go to the hospital, get the test done, all the all this shit. No, nothing's wrong. Everything seems normal. Um, what have you been doing? And my mum being my mum's like, he's been overworking. He's been overworking. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor's like telling me the importance of rest and recovery. And I, once again, in my ego, I'm like, fucking, what? Yeah. You don't fucking know what bloke work works in the air conditioning. <laughs> fucking don't tell me what to do, champion. Yeah. And um, <laughs> mind you, he's done fucking seven years of med school and he's a doctor. Um, but like, yeah, I, once again, ego, I was just like, nah, yeah. fucking hell, I can't have. I think the, the ultimate, uh, or not even the ultimate, like the, where we just got to was like it was it was either it was fatigue like yeah. I was fatigued, and I wasn't accepting it. I was like no, fucking fatigue. I can't get fatigued. Do you fucking know who I am? Like yeah, I was just yeah, like yeah. fatigue doesn't know who I am. I fucking yeah. that doesn't apply to me. Those yeah. rules don't apply to me. <laughs> and um, I can tell you right now they fucking apply to me. And yeah, ultimately it was a two and a half week, nearly three week recovery recovery time. It was probably a solid 10 days of yeah. being nauseous, crook, uh, yeah, fainting, feeling of faintness. And all in that fucking three weeks, I had a brand new eight-week-old puppy. So <laughs> You got no energy and the puppy's got all the energy. No, yeah, luckily, the fucker was sleeping all the time. Yeah. Um, and he only needed short 40-minute entertainment bands because that's all I could handle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he'd nap and I'd nap. But... Um, yeah, it prolonged re- getting back into work, obviously, and yep. um, it was that was a massive. Uh, well, it wasn't a learning curve at that point because I relapsed. I'd, like I had an, another kind of like episodey kind of thing about seven or eight months later, yep. um, and then that was a learning curve. But yeah, I just I, I, once again I didn't admit it to myself. I was like, no, nah, yep. that can't happen to me. Whatever, whatever. But yeah, it was a it was pretty scary in hindsight looking back at it and the. Yep. 
I've never been that way ever again. Yeah. Like I ha- I've had COVID. Uh, we got it uh, uh, last year when everyone got it and that after they opened everything back up. But it it was nowhere near as – like I was – that was the, the crookest I've ever been. Yeah, yeah. And my body was just so run down, fatigued. It had no um, – I had no dopamine. I had nothing left. I depleted yeah. myself of all my hormones yeah. and everything. And I was just a, I was a bit of a fucking empty shell for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to do. So then starting obviously in drain, like, did you have boundaries in place when you started that to see? Absolutely so you not. Didn't, nah. Nah. So <laughs> nah. when you come back, Once so, again, I didn't learn. so you didn't learn as much as nah. you should have learned from that situation of ending up in hospital and having those boundaries. Now, once again, I spoke, I was, it was from a point of ego. I didn't think that could happen to me again. I thought, oh yeah, it was just hot. It was just a hot day. I was making excuses is what I was doing. I was making excuses for the, for the condition I was in. I was like, I was fucking weak. I wasn't eating properly. You know, all the, I was just every, every excuse under the sun that I could possibly think of is what I was making for that um, certain scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't accepting of like the chronic fatigue that I had, I was like, nah, that's that's not, it's not yeah, yeah it's not that real. didn't happen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was, it was a, dehydrated. It was, <laughs> I was kept telling I was a fucking virus, or like I like I said, I was I was making I was clutching the excuses. Yeah. Um. So no, it it didn't um, it didn't contribute to any sort of boundaries that I put into place, and I was like a hungry, hungry hippo again. I was taking on everything um that I possibly could. Yeah. And I was not slowing down. I think for the first two years of Indrain, I worked every public holiday and I forced my, I didn't force them, but I asked them repetitively until they said yes, all my subbies to work the public holidays, Saturdays, fucking, if they didn't want to work a Sunday, I'd go and pull liners in on my own. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ruthless and relentless. I yep. was at, I, I had a vision set in my yep. head and I was getting there whether I was fucking dead or alive. Yeah. And yep. It was extremely selfish of me. Um, like I'm lucky to still have the people around that I do because I just fucking was, like I said, I was so headstrong and so so caught up on on getting to where I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, about seven or eight months later, you know, business was going really well, and I was just I've I got crook again. Yeah. Um, shorter shorter time span, only yep. about a week. To, to 10 days this time but yeah I, I just knew what it was what it was the same similar feeling similar yeah similar stuff so i knew that i had to well, i don't even think the penny dropped then bro to be dead yeah. honest with you but um i knew there was like my friends around me knew yeah so therefore they were implementing boundaries for me yeah which was um very very beneficial yeah uh, in the long in the long run, but yeah, I I was still quite naive to the to what was going on. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and that's a, that inner circle I believe too is fucking powerful. Like one those ones around you to be able to support you through that. But I believe as well. Do you believe in those first few years of the business being your own? You have to like people these days. Obviously, I still believe you has to hustle a bit in those first few years and fucking grind hard. Like some people obviously say, obviously that overwork trait we both have in the workaholic trait but you won't get somewhere if you don't have it i believe i wouldn't be here yeah, yeah no way um i don't look i've i, I preach this all the time i, I never regret yeah um 
what I put myself through um, and what I put other people through because I really do try to show my generosity to the people around me for what they've helped me through and yep. I definitely understand and see that and I'm verbal and I do it with acts of service as well because that's my love language. I'm, I'm yep. an acts of service kind of person yep. and um, I think I think you need to you need to push the limits. You yep. have if you ever listen to David Goggins, it would be the best thing you've ever done yep. as yep. a young man. And you can sit here and say he's toxic and he's this and he's that, but he is. You need to have a bit of bit of David Goggins in yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Time and a place at, isn't at it? some point in time in your life to yep. to really get them. You need to see what your potential is, what you what you're capable of. Yeah. And what your limits are. Yeah. I understand what my limits are, and I understand what I'm capable of. And I understand the limits, the things that I can do to push myself. Yeah, yeah. And it's, if you don't know that kind of stuff and you kind of go through life always thinking that you didn't quite, you could have put in more, like I'd never want to get to my deathbed and go, fucking hell, I could have, what if I pushed a little bit harder in the business? Yeah. Or what if I, what if I wanted to try that fucking death-defying activity or like you want to you want to be able to put yourself put yourself down at the end of the day and just say yep fucking tick tick, tick. I'm, I'm proud of that yeah yeah one thing i've been leading by lately is like and i keep fucking harping on it but i've said it to a few people in like my circle and around me as well as like don't die wondering and they're oh all, yeah they're all like yeah but this and that and this i'm like well if you want to do something just go fucking do it like even like starting this and like I was like, fuck, worried about it. I'm like, no, fuck what everyone else thinks. I want to do this. Like, I've got something to give and obviously help. But like, it's, yeah, just don't die wondering. Like, put your fucking all into something. And like, if it's your passion, it'll probably be a part of your purpose as well to what you want to drive and chase. Oh, mate, you couldn't have said any better. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if the, you'll understand more about yourself by putting those efforts into, to whatever it is, right? I'd, like, whether it's work whether it's um, personal activity, whatever it is, if you can like really push the limit of something and really get to like the point of either, whether it's exhaustion, whether it's like fear, whatever the, whatever that like threshold is, just understanding what you can actually do as a person and as, as a human. Yeah. And for starters as a young man, will blow your fucking socks off. Yeah, like, 100%. Yeah. It, and you, you... If you're listening to this right now and you like can sit there, you I guarantee you there's things in your life that you're thinking of right now where you're like, fucking hell, I probably could have pushed a bit harder. Yeah. I could have done more there. Like that's when you know at the end of the day that you've gone to your limit. Yeah. It's it's so satisfying. And like like I said, put put aside like whether it's healthy for you or not, or whether yeah. it's it's good for the people around you or it's not, or whether it's fucking good for you or it's not. It's it's like just knowing that you can push those limits yep, yep. Um, is beneficial. Once again, I'm not saying fucking get chronic fatigue. <laughs> yeah, because um, it cause sucks. <laughs> oh, you, you know all about it as well, um, which I'm sure you'll touch on, on your in your own stories. I'll interview you one day if you want. Yeah, let's swap it and out. Tig's <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. the host. <laughs> I'll be good at this. I can ramble. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's beneficial for anyone to actually get to those limits. Oh, sorry, I think it's beneficial for everyone to get to a limit. Yeah. But as far as like those specific limits that I've done, um, yeah, I wouldn't be aiming for that. Yeah. I wouldn't make that your goal. 
Um, but if that happens along the journey of reaching your goals, then don't look at it as don't don't be so shined on as a negative from it. Yeah, just yeah. treat it once again. Treat it as a lesson and a learning curve. Yeah, and understanding what your limits are, and then moving moving on it from there. Moving through it, yeah, and understanding the power of it ourselves as well. Like obviously. Same thing, obviously, as you were saying before. We're probably in between the two generations, obviously, of our parents and then the younger generation now, but no one wants to fucking work hard now. And as you know, trying to find employees that want to have yeah. a bit of grind and grit. No one wants to work weekends. No one wants to have fucking public holidays. And like, We've all got to have a life, I believe, but fuck, if you want to get somewhere in life, you've got to hustle a bit and fucking... You're only going to get, like, you, you get out what you put in, yeah. which is the most yeah. fucking cliche thing, but the older I get, the more I understand... Um, pardon me, the more I understand it. Yeah. And it's, it's a dying, it's a, it's a dying saying. And it's yeah. dying, on, like people aren't understanding that effort equals reward. Yeah. 100%. Not reward yeah. equals effort. Yeah. Because like I was talking to my barber literally yeah, uh, two days ago and he goes, I had a bloke come in, he told me how much he wants to earn, he needs to earn per week. And how much he wants to earn. And if I'm not in the middle of those two, well, then he's, he, he doesn't approve of working here. And like the entitlement, it did, the, co- the conversation was, that was my takeaway from the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And the entitlement, like I was disgusted. Yeah, yeah. At the fucking behavior of that. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not guilty of it. Yeah. Entitlement and thinking that you should, you're worth a certain amount. But I always put, the effort in, yeah, in my employments and where I was, and and the person and that's like uh, that's a, a skill set that I think I possess is is, is pushing the work in, yeah, um, and use your own analogy of, of the of fucking what that means to you, like what yep. the work is, but if you're not willing to put in, then do not think that you have the that you do do not think you're entitled. Yep. To what you're asking for, yeah. Unless yep. you are willing to show, or contribute, or produce, yep. Unless you're 45 and you have e- enough experience to sink a fucking ship, yeah. And your presence in the business um, produces that, then don't even worry about. It. Like, yeah. The older you get, the more experience you get, the less you actually have to work because you're better at the task you're working at. Yeah, you're more efficient. You're more. You're a hell of a lot more efficient. Yeah. And the physical needs are supplemented by your mental contribution. Yeah. Yep. So, but do not think that if you roll into, you've just finished your apprenticeship, you're 22 years old, you roll into a job on the Westgate Tunnel and you're getting fucking three grand a week and you're going to be set up for the rest of your life. Yep. Like the amount of percentage of people that are actually working on that project and the amount of trade is ridiculous. So yep. do not just roll into any sort of business and think, well, my mate's getting three grand on the tunnel and I'm working for um, Jono who's a sole trader so therefore he should pay me at least two and a half grand a week. Yeah, yeah. Like that that entitlement is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's just getting crazy and that's, I believe social media has probably been a big dr- driver of that as well. Like the flashy lifestyle. Flashy lifestyle. It's a highlight reel for most of us. Like everyone puts their highlights on it. Like they don't want to show them fucking losing thousands of dollars or understanding something as well, which is crazy in a way, but I'm, I believe it's got a good place for the world as well, social media. But I, um, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a good thing for that. So on my socials, 
I remember when we, like, like I said, when I was figuring out, yeah, and I've made my fair mistakes on, on my social. <laughs> yeah. I was, um, I put up. I remember speaking to Reese and Wheels, who got a couple of goals, who were subbing for me, and we were like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to post this fuck up that we've done, and they're like, fucking oath, man, like, no, let everyone know that this, this is not all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, yeah. So I post, I'm like, oh, we fucked this reline up. We're digging it up now, blah blah blah, and we did. I I made a judgment call. On something And it fucked up yeah. And he said We are gonna cry about it I was like Oh that sucks I'll, I'll get the shovels out Let's start fucking digging And you don't Like that's just That's just bad luck You wear it yeah. And yeah. I was posting about it And that got more engagement Than You know Other posts that I made Yeah um, And people replying And saying How'd you fuck it up What happened here Like I didn't not, I thought everyone was gonna judge me yeah, And, and like, people probably did yeah. in, in silence Do you know what I mean And that Yeah but the 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 positivity or the understanding of the of the fuck up that happened yeah. was more beneficial than than not yeah and it made me feel really comfortable. I've got trophies like I've got liners that we fucked up and either pulled out of drains or whatever. And when I get these photos and shit hung up, I'm gonna have a little cabinet and we're gonna have all our fuck ups in there. Yeah. And the boys say to me all the time, like, why are you keeping the fucking paperweights? Throw these fucking things out. I'm like, nah. I'm like, these are fucking all, these are all lessons and these are all things yeah. that, like, we, that I can fucking look at at the end of the day and be proud of. Yeah. And that's what, that's what makes us well rounded and, and experienced and stuff. Yeah. Is all these fuck ups and all these issues, like that one that I'm talking about that we fucking dug up, I've got downstairs. Yeah. Like sitting there as a trophy. And I, yeah. I will keep that till the day. Like, because you don't keep the, you don't fucking, we have a joke that if we've done a good reel on or whatever, we go fucking get the excavator out that's going in the, sh in the pool room. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, the funny part is the fucking shit ones are the ones that actually go in the pool room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think you should be, yeah, I think I think more more people should be fucking talking about their fuck-ups or their yeah. the things What's they the learning? And you can it's, teach. Like It's what you do to, to repair that. Yeah. It's what you do to fix that that is actually teaching you powerful it's not yeah. fucking the fact everyone makes mistakes and yeah all the, of us the do. quicker you learn that the e the more beneficial the more beneficial it will be to you because they're fucking happening whether you like it or not yeah yeah and yeah. just the more quicker you learn to accept them is the quicker you'll understand yeah. that um the quicker you'll be able to move forward and learn from those yeah yeah and saying that like as you said like that post you did got more engagement than anything else you ever did mm. so like do it saying that as well it's and you could explain how you fucked it up or how you fixed it to someone and then they could like you've just probably taught someone what not to do that could help them as well so you like you're learning but then people reach out as well as to be able to help you learn along the way and it's taught you a lot obviously as well oh taught me yeah countless amounts but it's it's just it's you'll never you may feel judgment, yeah, but you'll never actually experience it. No yeah. one's going to message you and say, you're a fucking drip. Why'd you do it that way? <laughs> yeah. Like, unless they're, and, and if they do, like, if you ever experience that, you know, like, that person's got some serious, like, flaws and faults that they're, yeah. you know, they're just projecting. So, and if you are confident and comfortable, then you won't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I think the quicker that you can, learn to accept the mistakes that you make, yep. the quicker you will benefit from them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, man. So, like in saying that as well, obviously, in drain now, 
you've learned all these things, come through, gone through those hardships. Like, how's it all running now? Like, as a, what would you say? Like, obviously, you've said, like, you've probably got it to a point now where you can sort of reap the benefits and have the benefits. How have you gone, obviously, having that trait of working hard and hustling to be able to actually sit back and enjoyment, have a bit of enjoyment out of the business of what you've put in? Do you find um, that's hard? This year, especially, was the yeah. first time I've kind of really... End of last and this year, the first time I've really started doing things for myself. Yeah. Um, so, like, I bought... I went and got my bike license. I bought, uh, like, a couple of road bikes, a, tr a, tr a dirt bike, and I have the ability to go and do... And I still feel guilty, yep. like, about going out on a Friday and going dirt bike riding. Yeah. But it's... Fucking, it's it makes me feel so fulfilled, yeah, um, and so good. And me and my partner have a joke, and it's we call it CEO things. Like yeah. when we're doing, when we're taking time for ourselves, it's yeah. just like oh, it's a CEO thing. Like it's it's a day that you know you get to reap the benefits of being a fucking a director or yeah, or a sole trader. Yeah, and um, it helps just like put a lighter kind of um spotlight on it. Yeah. And just understanding that those things are okay and it's okay to feel a bit guilty or a bit like whatever, but don't wallow in it. Don't be like, oh yeah, I feel a bit guilty. I'm going out Friday, but fuck it. Um that that's what I've that's what I've worked for, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah. And um you know, no cool shit happens fucking on the weekends. It's during the week that you yeah. have the most fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> um, but yeah, that's I suppose that's where like what I mean by reaping, I'm not reaping the benefits, like I don't mean by reaping the benefits financially. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And like those are material things, I understand that, but like what they actually give me yep. is not, it's not the fact that I fucking post on my story, I'm like, yeah, fucking dirt bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like sick. It's, <laughs> it's like getting out, and this is something I worked on with uh, my development coach was like getting out into the, na getting out in nature. Yeah. Like it's pissing fucking rain. In Murrindindi, it's 11 degrees. It's fucking, you can see your breath. Yeah. And you're stuck on the side of the hill and you are sweating fucking bullets. <laughs> yeah. And you hate, you're like, why did I do this? And your bike's flamed out and <laughs> yeah. the fucking thing won't start and you're fucking swearing <laughs> and cursing and whatever. Yeah. And I'm ready to throw the thing down the hill, but I'm as happy as a fucking pig in shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could be, I could be stuck there with my packet of killer pythons <laughs> and yeah. three. Three liter camelback and be happy as happy as Larry. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just really nice to be out in, in nature and be be regardless whether you're disturbing nature or you're not. <laughs> yeah. It's just nice to be out there and experience those things. And once again, that's mental toughness. Getting up off your hill, being stuck in the bottom of a valley for three hours because yeah. you took the wrong single trail or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like where the fuck are we? I've never <laughs> been down this trail before. You're lifting a yeah. you know, 170, 130 kilo dirt bike over. A fucking fallen tree or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff at the end of the day you get up to the top of the hill and you're happy about. Yeah. So, yeah. But um but yeah, it's just those things pushing my limits uh on the track. Yeah. So it's been doing some some uh track riding down at Phillip Island. Um ultimately leading to a couple of injuries and stuff. But yep. <laughs> I've never really had um I haven't had a problem with it. Yeah. Causing myself an injury because once again, it's the fulfillment that I get from the activity over the issue with the... Like, I've had a broken foot now for fucking 30 of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I think I broke my foot in, like, on, like, the 20... 
I think it was like the 22nd of May and to this day it's still broken, but um, through my own flaws and mistakes and whatever else. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Boundaries. <laughs> yeah, being silly, a silly duffer. But you make your, like my favourite saying lately has been you make your bed, you lie on it. Yeah. And I'm fully comfortable with that and like I can wallow in self-pity and be a bit frustrated with myself, but I'm lucky that my partner holds me in that. And yeah. she, when I did it, I did it last week, I hurt my foot again. She didn't, she honestly didn't say a thing. She's just yeah. like, and everyone, even you asked me, yeah. just like, what, what did you miss this thing? And I'm just like, she has been my, the most supporting yeah. through this. Because yes. she knows that, I, she knows that I am That's mature teak. enough yeah. to make mistakes. Yep. And she knows that I will never not make those mistakes. But she knows that I know that, I understand the consequences of those mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, I'm beating myself up. Yeah. That I can't be there for my team and, and, and that I'm cruising around in, back in the moon boot. But um, she knows that if I don't have those releases and escapes and the activities, then I'll just be that workaholic. Yeah, you'll find, you'll find other again. things to fulfill yourself. Well, I'll, put, I'll direct that energy into, into work. Into work. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and that's what I do sometimes. You get stuck. As you, as you said yourself, you find other ways to get fulfillment. It's exp uh, expression, yeah? yeah like you're expressing. Yeah. You've got to, you're like me, you're fucking like an energizer bunny. Yeah. We're both sitting here fidgeting like motherfuckers. But yeah. you, have to, you have to express it somewhere. Yeah. And regardless yeah. of where you express it, whether you do, like I don't really drink yeah, that yeah, often yeah. Um, or go out. But when I do, I put a fucking hell of a lot of energy into it. Like yeah, if I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have a drink with the, with me mates and go out to the footy or whatever, I'm usually fucking... Most not, pierced. Yeah, I'm not fucking stumbling around the joint. Yeah. But yeah, I'm usually quite quiet. I'm yeah. loud. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm having... Because it's an expression of energy. Yeah. Um, you're allowing that energy to flow. Yeah. It's not something I do all the time. So I'm not just like sitting there like somber about it. I, I express and allow it to flow. Yeah. And it's no different to anything. It's uh, you... You, we're blessed as men. You have a, we kind of have a bit of a 24 hour clock. Yeah. Um, we reset, you know, we go to bed, we reset and we're back into it full of energy and you can express that energy yeah, again yeah. and then you go to sleep and you bang, you can go, you can do it again. Women are a bit more, um, with like a menstrual cycle and stuff. So a bit more, uh, it's a bit different, but yeah. with men, you, we're blessed to have that 24 hour clock. Yeah. And testosterone's um, always firing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, like yeah. that's the beauty of it. You got to yeah. realize what your superpowers are, yeah. and that's a superpower that you possess. So if you're not expressing that energy in that 24-hour period, yeah, then the fulfillment and enjoyment isn't always there. Yeah, and it can't be fun all the time. You can't no. go out dirt bike riding every day. Yeah, because <laughs> sometimes you bring yourself all the way down to empty, and then the next day you've got to you know you got to slowly build that power back, back up. up. You still got that energy, but it's not quite there. So yeah. Um, you've got to find that fulfillment in that energy, in that energy expression at each level. And yep, throughout the week, yes, you do need to put the work in and you do need to but button up and go for it. And then you can share that expression of energy either on your weekends, if you're working a nine to five or throughout different periods of times. And it's just about understanding how you express it, how you enjoy it. And how you want to put that out into the universe, and then yeah, and having those hobbies as well. Like, I believe having hobbies is powerful as well as like because you some people don't, and that's where they get stuck, and they don't know what to do or do, mm. or they just binge watch TV or weekend. Like, 
because they think that's a reset as well and we probably all do it as times but it's like yeah oh, I'm the to, worst for it mate yeah, I'm good at watching a TV show <laughs> in, a, in a weekend because I want to I have that mindset I'm like I have to finish it this weekend because I'm not going to watch TV all week I'm going to be too busy so I just sit there for like six hours and my fucking watching it <laughs> oh yeah I'm terrible for that I like I, I love um, like I said I like expressing that energy but when yeah. I've expressed it and there's not, not, not there's not You're a whole empty lot tank. Yep. there's not a whole lot left to give yeah I I do enjoy just hitting that reset button and sitting down yeah. and just like yesterday I was, yeah, I, like this week's been pretty tough business-wise. Yeah. A couple of very hard decisions yep. and a couple of uh, like bitter pills to swallow. Yeah. Um, and yesterday I had a couple of things that I needed to sort out and I just, I like I had a shower at about like five o'clock and I just needed to sit down. Like I just, I'm like, I fucking just have to sit down. Like yep. I'm not going to make any good decisions going forward yeah so and i was it's understanding that i had expressed my energy once again not in a way that i wanted to um but it was, I'd, I'd expressed it regardless and yeah. i was getting close to empty yeah and i needed to just um like sit in that and just relax yeah hold the space for yeah. yourself and that's realizing you're making importance Putting myself first, like you yeah, said before. Yeah, yeah, and having that emotional intelligence to realize, like, why am I feeling like this, or, and that self awareness of your power of yourself of how you do feel and show up as well. Yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. crazy, man. It's a fucking pretty crazy journey you've been on so far, and fucking bit more to come. Yeah, it's yeah. been a wild little, wild little time. Yeah. I think um, I've enjoyed the personal development growth yep. that I've had and shared with. Um, people like meeting yourself um, and I really want to channel that next kind of phase into much similar to yourself that business that business side yeah and um, I'm really learning at the moment the shift of a tradesperson to a business owner yeah and um, I've been stuck in this limbo mode between the two of no, well, no man's land. Yep. Um, not giving 100% to either. Yep. And both lacking, seriously. Yep. Um, like the business is not as, the business is not where I want it to be. Yep. Um, honestly, probably taking some backward steps in reliability and um, just because things aren't getting done yep. uh, on the back end. And then once again, as a tradesman, like not being able to show up where um, I used to be able to and not filling that. Like not expressing that energy and fulfillment where I was doing the actual work, yeah, and that was satisfying. And then once again, not in the business. So I've been stuck in that little bit of a bit of no man's land, yeah. And that's ultimately led to like a bit of uncertainty, a bit of not really being a hundred percent sure, maybe loss of, loss of motivation, stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, it's hard to do, and that. that that's nothing when you get into the trade industry as well it's all well and good to go out on your own and that but you'd never learn i believe it's hard to actually understand the business what comes with the business as well like oh. your tax your gst bass like everything you don't realize just even those kinds of little things you don't actually realize what you gotta well, fucking feels like sometimes you just give out the money to the fucking government but, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, but like you don't realize actually that agree. what yep. you're doing like um you don't get taught any of that no you don't, and i know this is as cliche as well but like you don't really have anyone to lean on to like i don't know um i never went into the office 
with yeah. my like my stepfather ran his own business. I never went to the office with him. Yeah. And he never showed me how to do invoices and yeah. like you don't get taught that kind of stuff. No. And it's a it's the the biggest fucking it's one of the biggest and most important tasks of a business. Yeah. In invoicing, uh providing certificates like all the back end stuff, and I don't mean back end like just reconciling or fucking doing your doing your banking. Like it's like the important stuff of actually understanding how finances work. Where like getting a total sum of an invoice, yeah, and understanding that that is not your play money. No, no, you have not just been paid seventy one k. Yeah, to throw into the fucking wind. No, there's subcontractors. There's materials. Yeah, there's tax. There's GST. There's <laughs> yeah. GST and tax are separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, they're not, they're not just one fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you fucking take it, the GST instantly out of every invoice. I was yeah. taught, I was very lucky to have a good accountant. And he said to me, as soon as I opened the business, he said two accounts, business account, GST account. Yeah. 15%, 20%, whatever makes you feel comfortable as a business owner, transfer of every invoice that ever comes in straight into your GST account. So you're yeah. never hunting that money. You're yeah. never looking for that. Yeah. For those funds, so you don't get to, you know, the when's 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 the bash usually due? Two months after the quarter. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you don't get to the quarter, and all of a sudden you've got an eighteen thousand dollar bash bill, and you've got no money. Yeah, you've just paid. You've just bought materials for fifteen grand. Yeah, and you've got ten left, and you're just like, oh yeah, but they, they that was for wages. Yeah, like, that's just poor. That's poor money management. Yeah. So that's. But no one teaches you that. No, like you no. and yet, like I've fucking still to this day struggle with it. Yeah. And that's the tra- the trade industry is tricky in that sense. Like if you're like we've got people that pay the day the invoice is sent. I've got yeah. people that pay uh, seven days after. I've got people that pay thirty days after, sixty days after. I've got people that pay whenever the fuck they want because they think that's their entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. But anyway, that's a different story. And Unfortunately, you're not you're not taught to deal with that sporadic income. Yeah. So, you, and it's it's hard. Like as a man, your ego takes over, and you go, "Fucking hell, I'm just earned." Like you might have a good month, you might do 100k worth of work, but you might not see that 100k for a couple months. And then by the time you finally do, yeah, you've already shoveled fucking 75 to 90 to 90 percent of it out. On other expenses, other materials, businesses, yep. a bill came in that you weren't expecting, fucking work cover, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Just like all those things. So like it's all about understanding like management and, and funds and... Yeah, it's got to go in and out. Like, and that's what they say, like to have a steady cash flow in a business as well. Like, well, small businesses especially, obviously, you've got to have a consistent cash flow to be able to keep afloat because mm. wages, you want to pay all your boys every week. You don't want them pissed off at you that you've fucking not paid them for three weeks. Well, that's so, that's one of the things that's probably helped me the most is paying even just subbies. Yeah. Because like, subbies are a, a whole another kettle of fish yep. from wages. Um, but even just paying subbies and having them want to come back and work for you. But yeah, you're right. Like just having that ability to give the people what the agreement is. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the basic, the most basic thing of an employee, isn't it? Yeah. Getting paid every week. Yeah. And it's an expectation that should never be, they should never, ever be suffered upon 
No. Like I've I've heard people that go, oh, my, I'm going to get paid this week because my boss said I'll get paid when the when the invoice gets paid. Yeah, yeah. And the anger that that oh, fucking yeah, brews <laughs> inside of me yeah. is is honestly fucking unshakable. And like the fact that people accept that yeah. kind of behavior, or the fact that people can someone can do that to someone else. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Like I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I can pay wages or something like, and even all the creditors, like they, they want them to pay thirty days strict account, and you order something after the thirty days, you ain't getting it, <laughs> and then you got a builder who hasn't paid you for well, two to, months. I've just had to get strict with someone like that as well. They said, um, you know, they, they, we agreed on a date for payment, yeah. and that that date came around, the money never came, remittance never never came, and then I I inquired about it, and they said, oh. Yeah, we we pay thirty to forty days after that date, and I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, I'm like, I've got an email here that show that says your payment runs are on, are on this X date. Yeah, and that's what that's what that's what the agreement was. We do the work, we get paid on this day. Yeah, and there's more work to be done there, and they're trying to get us back before handover, and it's really tested me as far as like the balance I get between wanting to work. Yeah, and fulfilling jobs and accepting and setting boundaries. Yeah. So I've like touched on it with quite a couple of close friends uh, in the business in my business, and they've all said to me like, "Stay strong, mate. Like, do not go back there. Do not go back there." Yeah. Because I've done it before. We've gone. We've gone back to jobs in the past. Like last year, last financial year, we lost uh, like a very large sum of money. From a company going under, and yeah. it was empty promises that got us back there to do it. And it was probably my inability to set boundaries, yeah. my inability to stick to. Like I said to them, "No, we're not coming back." Like I played it tough. I'm like, "No, we're not coming back." And blah blah blah. Yeah. And, and then they fucking ring me up and they play the sob story. And I'm like, "Yeah, fuck, let's go." Yeah. And like, probably like I said, I'm the hungry, hungry hippo. I want more, more, more. And ultimately, that's what was an, an undoing. Yeah us and it caused us to lose like like I said a large sum of money and but I, unfortunately like I still I don't regret it to this day like that yeah. us going and doing those jobs those people I met people networking we've recouped that money through other contacts and stuff like that but at the same time it was 100% from not, me not setting boundaries yeah so this is like it's really been testing just because you set a boundary doesn't mean it's going to be like if you just go right. I'm this is my decision, yeah. and I'm not going to go past it. That yeah. doesn't mean you're still not going to be tempted, tested. It's, that doesn't 100%. mean it's going to be easy to do. No, no, no. That's why the boundaries there. The boundaries there, I believe, to test you because you know it's easy to fucking cross the limit. It's like saying, "All right, I'm going to wake up at five to my first alarm," and you click fucking snooze. I'm the worst but you've for that. Yeah, yeah, you've set the boundary, but then you're like, it's a it's a test. And that's where you've got to learn those boundaries as well, which is crazy to be after now. Like now you've realized it's happened once. You're like, I'm not letting it fucking happen again. Well, that, and I specifically said that to him. I'm like, mm. this happened. Um, I'm not letting it happen again. And he's like, yeah, but we're not going under. I'm not worried about my job. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Like that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, change, that doesn't change the fact that the, the, there was an agreement. Yep. We've held up our end and more. And we're waiting for you to now come up with your side of the bargain. Yeah, and we're more than happy to do the work, and I'm more than happy to reserve you know time for you and stuff. But yeah, you know, sh sh uh, once again, entitlement, expectation. Yeah, like, um, 
you need to give to get. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even they, like the crazy thing. Yeah. With like the payment and that. I, talk, I was talking to someone the other day with like how it's most of like counts are 30 days a week or like no one wants to pay you up front. And like obviously with some sort of contracts and that and these days with how all the rules and regs are, you can't pay a full amount up front. But I was like, what if you go home tonight and you want to buy something online? And does it, you got to pay for it when you before you get it. Before you get it. And you got to wait for it to be shipped to you, hoping it's not just a fake website. You've just bought something. Famous for one I heard was, well, I was you like, don't go to Macca's yeah. and ask for a Happy Meal and tell them to send you an invoice. <laughs> yeah. Do not. And, uh, well, and that's like, just something bad, I reckon. I reckon it's getting better. But the trade industry, like you got to do the, and it's fucking not easy work, as you know. Like, oh, but the like the the you pay for everything. So yeah. this is what people don't realize. It's not like you go there, mow their lawns, and then leave. You know, you're forking up, especially you. You'd be forking up forty, fifty grand in materials. Yeah. To put, and then you would go. You're paying to to make the cabinetry. Yeah. Then installing it, like yeah. I'm sure you get progress payments and that kind of stuff, but you're yeah. forking up all of that, installing it on the good faith that someone, and then people will turn around and be like, oh, well, I don't have 50 grand, so I'm going to put you on the, I'm going to yeah. pay her off. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you're just like. And then you've got to cop it as well, like use other stuff and go from there. But like, yeah, it's crazy. Just the, as you said, you go the to Macca's. not give. Yeah. yeah, the take and they not give. Like, and yeah, you go to Macca's, they're not going to send you. Pay this, yeah, in, flick thir- us, pay flick this in 30 days, mate. Yeah, flick is an invoice. That's yeah. when I pay my fucking... That's when I pay my payments. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's 2023, mate. You could literally get your phone out and pay me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tap me fucking phone or whatever it all works. Yeah. These days. yeah. So, it's not... I, I, yeah, I, we're, that's that's a boundary we're implementing. And like yeah. I said, I'm mastering. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty tricky because it's not so much like... Like I said, I don't really have an obsession. I've got an obsession with making money, but I don't have an obsession with maintaining it. If I'm happy yeah. for, for it to come and go. Yeah. It's a byproduct. And, yeah. And I want to just I want to just do as much as possible because it makes me feel good. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it fulfills me to to get these tasks done. Like it's a challenge. I look at I look at these jobs as a challenge. Like we take on challenging things. Yeah. Mind you, we charge accordingly, but we take on these challenges and it's fulfilling for us to complete. It's not so much the the money's not the driver. Yeah. That's yep. the, um, it's the it's the success that you get from completing a job to a satisfactory standard. Crazy. Yep. So would you say, with like your money mindset, then like you got that mindset, obviously of, like you're happy. How would you say it? Like you use it as a byproduct, nearly. Don't you? Would you would you say? Like yep. money comes in, money goes out. Like you're not like obviously you work hard to get the money in, but you're happy to spend it. Yeah, like absolutely. Wanna, you're I've not worried got, about holding. I do. You know. I do everything I possibly can to get my subbies paid straight away. Yep. Um, because it makes me feel good when I'm paid straight yep. away. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that goes, and they've they they've expressed this to me multiple times how appreciative they are of the invoice being paid straight away, and. Like that makes me feel really good. Yeah. That makes me feel like I can confidently look after these guys um, because they look after me. Like the work's not getting done without them. So yeah. like I'm not naive to that. Yeah. So that's just something that I work on to to make straight away. And like all bills, like I, as soon as an invoice comes in, like the fact that when when guys go, oh yeah, I didn't see it. 
oh, I, must, I may have opened it. Can you send it again? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. You're just like, <laughs> you're like you, you got it, mate. <laughs> it's 2023, mate. My system tells me you've opened yeah, it. Yeah. Like, don't, you, come on. And, and um, yeah, so that kind of stuff is like, is quite frustrating. But yeah, that's, that's something I don't work on. Like when I get an email and you just look at it, if I either look at it or if I'm currently busy, I'll like sort it out that day. And you just send it off. Like I'll send that to my bookkeeper. I'll say, hey, like, please pay. Yeah. Or I'll send her an invoice for something if I purchased it on the over the phone or whatever, like already paid. So it's, or, so it's done. Send it off, done. Like you don't have to worry about it again. The back end sorts it out. Awesome. And then having the – I suppose it's probably not the best for my cash flow. Yeah. Um, I don't really retain money. Like my, it's, it's an extreme yo-yo, you know, yep. like you yep. do – you do X amount of work, you pay X amount, and then you get that paid. But then by the time that's paid, there's the next round of bills has, has come up for payment. Yep. And it's it's like that that ebb and flow up and down, up and down. But yep. it's about being comfortable and confident in yourself and your business yep. and knowing that you have um, the ability to uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like you have the ability to weather that storm yep. and know that that – have the confidence that it's going to come and it's going to go, but knowing that you're churning out a really good product and a really yeah. good environment. And I suppose I do the same in my personal life. Yeah. Like I'm not really that concerned with money. Yeah. And it's probably not like there's probably some people out there that have a, have had a savings account since I was, you know, whatever, however old, yeah. probably like a freaking out about it. But yeah, I'm not really that concerned. I think it will come and I think it will go and the less connection you can have with it, I think the better. And I would be the first one to slap the card down for dinner and it's not – that's that's probably the one thing I do that's not from a point of ego. Yeah, yeah. It's just from a point of dissolving – like I don't know if you've been out for dinner with people and they fucking argue the bill. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. fuck, we did it the other night. Yeah, just, just, just pay it. That's yeah, all I'm the same. Everyone's just like, oh, what are you going to do? I'm just like, bang, don't worry about it. I'll claim it on the business. Yeah. And everyone's just like, oh, oh, we'll transfer you. And then like it's the fucking debacle of transferring yeah, yeah. and this. And I'm just, you know, if it's, some, if it's people you go out for dinner with often, just like, you just get the next one. Yeah, yeah. And regardless of how much it is or whatever, it's just – it's. I would rather create the point of ease and comfort yeah. than like – and it's like knowing you can I, – I do the same sometimes when you go out for dinner. Like you know you can do that and mm. you might be out with someone not underprivileged but who's a bit more scarce on their money and you just feel They've like – They've got different like, goals. Yeah, and That's different goals. That's why I look at – yeah, yeah, they made and a you, for it. And as you or? said, like you're – you like giving that gift as well and being able to – helping people like that as well. Like you get a bit of fulfilment out of it but it's like just knowing you can help others. Yeah. Like – is a big thing, and that's yeah, same thing. I believe I'm like just the fuck. I can't be bothered with this right now. Like, and everyone's money mindset's different, but I might just let fucking one of us pay for it. I suppose, it, I suppose that comes from a place of abundance, like a, yeah. an abundant mindset too. Yeah. Like you, you don't see money as scarce. You don't have a scarcity mindset around your money. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that comes from. I may be different to you because you you probably collect a wage off the business. Yeah, yeah. But you may have more free flowing cash. I'm not sure, but like I have free flowing cash. Like it comes and it goes. Yeah. So therefore. And there's times where it's uh, I may not fucking have the cash, but yeah. I know I I know the people that I'm with in my circle will not. There's never I like I just like they're like hey you look at I'm like it's dry they're just like oh sweet bang fuck yeah. it. and it's it's a comfortable 
transaction. I'm not talking like I'm not talking like two hundred dollars steaks here. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, yeah. like you know Tommy Ruff, and it was a fucking sixty dollar yeah. lunch and lunch or dinner or whatever. It's yeah. like it's not. I'm not talking big dollars here. I'm just talking. It's just it's just a comfortable position to be in when um, you don't have to have that. And I find it an awkward conversation as well. Yeah, and everyone's it is an awkward thing. Like even when you talk wages and shit with people, like some people just like can't bring it up. Like I'm sort of the first one. Like even at work and that. Like I'm like just fucking talk about it. Like, it's scarcity. I think yeah. I think that comes from scarcity too. Yeah. Like they're like oh, like they're scared of being judged about how much it is or yeah, um, or any sort of like mindset of judgment or something around yeah. around the dollars and cents. But like. You're paid what you're paid. It's the quality of life that that job gives you. So, like, yeah. you shouldn't be worried about your wage specific as in dollars and cents. You should be worried about what that job does for fulfillment for you. So, like, yeah. do 100%. you enjoy that job? Yeah. Does that give you, like, yeah, you may not earn two grand a week. Yeah. Like, but are you fucking people, enjoying it? Yeah. But I know blokes that work on the tunnel and they work six days a week, 12 hours a day. Yeah. So, what? Yeah, they're earning fucking good money. Yeah. But their quality of life is fucking nil to none. Yeah, yeah. So, what's hmm. if you're earning fucking twelve or eleven hundred bucks? Yeah, and you work thirty-two hours a week. Yeah, but you love it, <laughs> and you you have fun. Yeah, and you have every fucking Monday off. Yeah, well, what are you worried about? Yeah, like yeah. it's it's you're not going to get all that. No, if you're trading your time for money, then you are always going to like there's you're never gonna there's never gonna be equal money all over. No, but no. you need to understand that you have more time. Yeah. But it's what you do with that time that is actually... Yeah, well... That that it adds more value to your your wage than not. Yeah, 100%. And that's what they say. Like, you can use money to buy time to employ other people to do stuff for you. That's all I do. Yeah. (laughs) Or you can use the time to put it into, like, say, a relationship or something to create that, which then will create you more money. So it's like they all three interlink, like, time, money, relationships sort of all interlink... interlock into each other yeah. to be able to money buys your time and then time can make you create relationships and it brings more Which ROI brings back. In more money. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy to look at it like that as well of like the power of being able to do all those things. But as you said, those people that are working like that thinking, oh, I just need to work, work, work. And it's like, what are they enjoying? They're fucking going to like even a, they come in and then they're fucking, oh, fuck this. I hate my job. Like, <laughs> That's just another story for because I was about to say it's another app. We'll do a part two, but <laughs> yeah. like it's it is it is the it's it comes down to quality of life. Yeah, yeah. But it also comes down to like if you're doing something like I said before, if you've got like if you want to push your limits, then sweet. If you've got a goal and say right for twelve months, I'm battening down the hatches. I am. This is what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to get out of it. Yep. Then sweet, but fucking stick to that boundary. Like say if yeah. you're going to say right twelve months and I'm done. Don't don't be like oh yeah, but it's good money and there's nothing really else. Yeah. And then do it for three years and then you've turned to, you know, you've, you've turned your brain to mush because that's all you do. Yeah. So I think I think if if that's something you are thinking about or doing or s- to set yourself up, which yeah. I 100% agree with, but just make sure you that you implement a boundary or set a set an end date that you stick to, um, and make that make that the goal. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Or a, 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 even a dollars and cents. Like set a goal, whether it's an end date or not, or whether it's a certain amount in your savings, whatever it is, set that set that as your target, and then whatever happens happens from there. Yep. But make sure you stick to that if, yeah. if you're going to set yourself up and and take that make that sacrifice yep. for those for that income. 
Yeah. Then that's good. And then same goes for the ladder. If you're not making the amount of income, but you've got more time, you need to make that profitable for you in relationships and networking and, and setting that, yeah, setting 100%. up that next tier of, of, of that story. Yeah. And what is, what's the same, what, um, like they say, even though it's a bit off topic, but they say like, well, coins make noise, but cash makes silence. Because <laughs> the people with the more cash are buying time or they're buying relationships to be able to funnel that so they've got the more cash. But the people that are trying to buy those and act like they're making a good income is crazy as well. Yeah, that's a story for another day. Yeah, uh, 100%. Acting, like the, yeah, the acting of stuff. Yeah, so... I reckon that's nearly a wrap. We're nearly on fucking two hours. Jeez, <laughs> Clocked it up, big boy. Gee, you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you want to leave it at to wrap it up there, obviously, with something for someone to do or wrap over those few things or something they could implement as well as you've learned over your journey that you reckon's got you to the success it's created? I think, I think push your limits. Yep. I think if you are in a dark place, a low spot, I think accept it, be be in it, feel it. Um, that's probably one of the most powerful things that I ever did was feel where I was. Actually, like take that time out to experience where I am and where I what I the position I've currently put myself in. Um, don't blame yourself, but accept blame. Yeah. Don't don't wallow in blame, but accept it and understand it, and then from there begins the climb. Yeah. So start start your climb. And start setting some goals, some tangible goals. Aim for the sky. Now's not the time to be aiming for the stars. You're starting on, on, a, on a journey that is going to be long. Yep. So set some tangible goals that you can start succeeding at, um, whether it be low, high, whatever, whatever is in your capabilities, and then start moving forward from there. Yeah, beautiful, bro. Well, big thank you to you for being a guest and coming on and Pleasure. giving me your time. Really appreciate it, bro. Big love. Done. Let's do it. Let's get it. Bye.